Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Happy New Year, babes! <laughs> First Happy episode! First episode of 2021, episode 53, from frozen in fantasy to thriving in real life as a woman with Sarah Durham Wilson. Kate and I are so excited to share this episode with you. So excited to start the new year with you and welcome to someone listening for the first time to the new truth podcast and welcome back to all of our groupies who loved us all through 2020 <laughs> as we started this mission and movement and we are i i remain ridiculously blessed to get to do this with you i'm having so much fun i feel so good about the start of the new year truly asking for more magic than last year. <laughs> and yeah. how, are you, how are you feeling today? Um, I'm just reflecting back. I mean, first of all, I want to say we made it through 2020. So hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I, 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 when I look back at 2020, like, yeah. Oh, and I had an epic year and so many magical things did happen in 2020. So it's, um, I love the, the saying, I, I always say it to my clients and it's not mine, but life is happening for you and not to you. And I, I think that this perspective is so important. Um, and that this is the first episode, like taking this on in every cell of your being, the perspective of life is happening for me. Every time something incredibly challenging happens, unexpected tragedy, like no matter what, how your life changes, everything that happens is part of evolution and is an opportunity for you to go deeper into your relationship with yourself and for you to grow more and become more expensive and more on purpose and more aligned with who you really are. So 2020 taught us a lot. Hopefully you've, um, yeah, spent some time reflecting on that and seeing the lessons and gifts in it for you. Um, and you know, processed any grief that needs to be processed about it, but here we are in 2021 and it's going to be an amazing year so many more opportunities to grow and evolve and learn. And this episode today is, um, yeah, it's a powerful one. It's a magical one. It's, um, Sarah is really high level and, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of concepts that if you're new to the spirituality path and growth path, it might be over your head. Um, but just stick with the whole episode because it's very transformative and yeah, it, you haven't even introduced the episode yet, have you? <laughs> I said the name. <laughs> oh, you said the name. Okay, good. You haven't done her bio yet. Yeah. So um, Catherine and I just wanted to come on and share a few things with you about the episode to help you really anchor in before hearing it because it's very deep and spiritual and magical and transformative. So 
And we're the, this bio? is the real deal over here on the New Truth Podcast. And I love the sitting with this year ahead and thinking about who we are going to invite in, the kinds of teachings we're going to keep sharing with you. And you know you're here because you already want more in your life and your relationships. And you know that the old paradigm no longer sticks. And Sarah's expertise is talking about the maiden to mother journey. Those are the terms that she uses. You'll hear about that in the episode. And for us, it's really no different than Kate's work around saboteur and heroin. No different for me from your inner child running the show to your adult self. And Sarah really brings in the cyclical nature of a woman's life and what it takes for a woman to mature and grow. And we know that in the old paradigm of love, love does not happen. It's not love. What's going on in the old paradigm of love. And when we're in maiden, when you're in your younger self, when you're in your saboteur, you're controlling, chasing, conniving to make something happen. And that's not how it works. So I'm going to introduce Sarah, read her bio. I met Sarah in 2015. And so it's been amazing for me to watch her bloom and grow and step into her purpose and work. So wherever you are on your journey, we honor you, your evolution as a woman, and enjoy this episode. So Sarah Durham Wilson is the mother of the archetypal maiden to mother movement. She midwives women from the wounded, patriarchalized feminine across the bridge to the archetypal mother or mature feminine. Before her service to the goddess, she was a rock journalist in New York City, beginning with an internship at Rolling Stone and culminating as an editor at Interview Magazine. Her soul work began with the Witch Awakening in 2011, which evolved into priestess work in 2015, and then into, the, into building the bridge from the immature to mature feminine which involves exercising poisonous patriarchal patterning and resurrecting the ancient healing ways of feminine wisdom. She's an Avalonian wisdom keeper, solo mother to a little girl, and currently working on a maiden to mother book for Sounds True. She lives on Martha's Vineyard. Episode 53, Frozen in Fantasy to Thriving in Real Life as a Woman. Kate, is there anything else you want to say about this episode before we dive in? Uh, if there's any terms that are used that you don't know or aren't familiar with, just Google them because there's so much um, wisdom out there. Look, And you can also look up her Instagram account to go much deeper into it. And I just realized if, if you haven't already listened to the interview with Kylie Macbeth, do you remember what that one was called? Our, the first Co interview Codependency to liberated no, love. Not that one. The first one. Where, remember we interviewed Oh, Kaya, is patriarchy holding you back? Yes, that one. Because I just realized as you're introing her, Kylie talks a lot about mother, made into mother and, and um, patriarchy and all these different uh, terms. So I feel like that, that episode complements this one really well. Perfect. And, and this is in the air. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is what's happening. I mean, we are being asked to grow up, asked to mature, asked to liberate our love, asked to liberate ourselves. And we know over and over again, you've heard us say a thousand trillion times, it is not your fault where you've ended up and the patterning that you have taken on and you absolutely can set yourself free. So we hope this episode frees you, shakes you up. And I'm pretty sure we say in our episode or in, uh, blah, blah, say in our intro that we're going to trigger you. <laughs> so <laughs> fasten, fasten your seatbelt on this one. We love you and we'll see you soon.
So shall we begin with what it was like in New York City? Jesus <laughs> with Christ. Or, and, or really begin what it feels like to be frozen in fantasy, because I'm sure Kate and I have our experience of living that way and bringing women into what it really is like there, what maiden is like, what we even mean by maiden. Perhaps we start there. Let's Sure, let's start there. New York City is a dark place to start. <laughs> um, <laughs> so- in, in the ancient feminine, specifically the ways around of Celtic and Nordic uh, feminine tradition, there's um, such thing as, um, you know, a feminine life wheel that um, is <clears throat> congruent with the, um, the wheel of the earth and the, the stages of the moon. So it's the idea that everything is a circle and has a big, it has a beginning and a middle and an end. Um, and so the ways that the ancient feminine, the ancient Celtic feminine broke that down for a woman's life. Um, so instead of the earth life, uh, um, life cycle of spring, summer, fall, winter, a woman has her girlhood, her maidenhood, her motherhood and her cronehood, just like the moon has the, the dark of the moon, new moon, full new moon waxing or new waxing, full waning and then um, empty and then the return. Or the flower as a seedling pushing up, becomes a bud, blooms fully open, then starts to die, returns to the soil and starts all over again. So maiden in her natural state is a, is a, a woman at the beginning of her life. And she's in a phase of seeking and learning and challenges and adventures and mask, uh, mask wearing and role playing to figure out who she actually is. Um, and it's it's a great it should be a great adventure, but it should end at some point and lead to having found oneself and offered the gifts of oneself. Mm-hmm. And so that's the transition is it to mother is found oneself like that the end of maidenhood. Yeah, it's the full moon of of your life. It's when you shine the most, you ha- you give the most. You're the fullest in every sense. Um, and you sort of, you project the energy of the great mother, the great feminine, instead of being victim to the way the wounded maiden is to the outer nightmare. You, Mm. instead you're an offering of this, this medicinal wisdom of the feminine or the, the powerful, sovereign, strong, loving, compassionate feminine, instead of the reality or the nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Nightmare. Do you want to tell us about some moments of transition for you or even what the transition was like? Sure. I mean, it was probably around that year 2015 that things just had stopped going well whatsoever. (laughs) Um, And it's almost as if there were physical barriers like this life has come to an end, like stop even trying, do not pass go, like stop and and grieve it and don't go, you can't go this way anymore. Mm. But all I knew is maiden, maiden, maiden. I never knew about the rites of passage. They were buried on purpose so that we, women never matured, AKA never came into their power and their mastery and their fullness. Mm. So they stayed little girls. So you can tell what to do. Um, and so it was like, I was just kept hitting this wall and then Beneath the wall, beneath that, like beneath the layer of my physical life, my material life, my outer life, 
was the internal had hit a wall as well. Of course, I want to grow. I want to evolve. I feel stuck. And so women have a sense of like inner stuckness and outer stuckness of just mm. like, I'm not ripening. I, I, I'm not, I'm one, one. And it's true that one act of their life is effectively over. And what needs to happen is, uh, I just noticed what I did is avoided your question about my transition. So yes, <laughs> I, I do that. I'm really, really shifty like that. Uh, so <laughs> I'll go into teacher instead of my own shit as fast as I possibly can. Um, <laughs> it's a control thing. Kate and I uh, can't relate to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's such an easy, easy autopilot for me to go on. And like, I love it. And it's not what you ask. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, my life was just really bad. And I, and I, but on the surface, everything looked good, which is like where you get stuck in within the patriarchal culture is like, why should you ask for anything else? You have everything you've been told to want, you know? And, um, and then like that year, especially because this is a love podcast or relationships, um, three men dumped me for the same reason. Like there was no getting out of like the very apparent pattern that was being held in my face and it wasn't their fault. It was like, it wasn't their stuff. It was mine. And it was all that like, you know, I was super attracted to you, but then when I got to know you, there was nothing on the inside and they were right. I had been so focused on my outsides. The inner was absolutely atrophied. In fact, I didn't know, have any idea who I was. And you can imagine as both, both of you and what you do, how attractive that is when there's absolutely nothing on the inside. (laughs) I'll be whoever you want me to be. I'll be like a version of this woman. I remember thinking was cool. I'll be like, you know, it's just like, I'll be my mother with my father like but even though it didn't work but it's all I knew like it was just always a disaster (laughs) so Uh, what did your life look like like what you so you were living in New York you were oh in 2015 no my I left I left New York in my when I was 26 but in 2015 I was just sort of I was a gallivanter like I lived in Peru I lived in New Mexico I lived in Topanga Canyon I was you know I just (laughs) I was so maiden I was just like that didn't work. Burn that bridge, go here. And then you run out of bridges and that's a good thing, you know? Um, and so Mm -hmm. that's when the work started for me is like, I had just had a retreat, you know, successful, sold out, blah, blah, blah. You should be happy. And I really didn't feel good after the retreat. And, um, I could tell that my co-host, like my co-presenter teacher was really feeling funky about it. And her, she, when I was unmothered, like I would, my, I would just project my mother wound onto other women that were older or more confident than I, and, you know, more mature. And I had projected it onto her. So I really needed to her, her to approve of the work we'd done on the retreat together and how the retreat had gone. But I knew I wasn't going to get that phone call. And instead I got a phone call of, I'm never doing a retreat like that with you again. And I kind of knew, and I said, okay, but why? Cause I was like desperately trying to figure out what the problem was. Like I, it was like smelling something in my daughter's room and being like, okay, but what is it? And where is it? (laughs) But I know something is rotting in here. (laughs) And so um, she said, those weren't girls. Those weren't wild women. I mean, those weren't, those weren't women. Those weren't wild women. Those were girls. That's what she said. Um, 
And she said, all anybody did was like, there was so many clicks, there was gossip, there was, you know, it was a glorified sleepover. These are not women who, you know, and, and I remember on one of the posters inviting pe- women was, you know, the Dalai Lama quote of Western women will save the world. And me being like, not, not these women. <laughs> and they're a reflection of me. So what the fuck is wrong with me? And I was, and I was reading, I think it was Dancing in the Flames at the time by Marion Woodman. And she, she dropped the, the, the terminology mature feminine. She didn't talk about the immature feminine. She said mature feminine. And so I kind of had to put it together of like, okay, I'm the immature feminine. How do I get to the mature feminine? But I had no idea how. And then she talked about maidens, mothers, and crones, but she never talked about patriarchalized or wounded maidens, women that don't cross. And she didn't talk about this missing rite of passage either. And I hadn't, I just, this is how life works is I couldn't find this work anywhere. And so I started it on my own. And, and that was five years ago. And I just built a bridge and it, and it worked. Yeah. Wow. But it was rough. It was rough. It's rough. It's <laughs> rough. And I, I've been thinking a lot about what it takes for someone to even decide to be on a personal growth path. <laughs> and in Maiden, I imagine for me, I, I sought the answers still in inside personal development. Tell me who you want me to be. Yeah. And oh, that coach is doing that thing. So I must have to do business that way. And right. ooh, you're, you are a great coach if you have millions of followers and a perfectly manicured face <laughs> and post half naked photos of yourself, you know, over yeah. and over and over. And oh, that's yeah. empowered sexuality. Yeah. And for me, this, it almost, I have really sat with the spiritual awakening of you have to decide to be done. And that's what I really heard in your voice, both uh, I have to decide to be done with living a certain way and <laughs> surrender to how life is, is going to support me in that too. And mm-hmm. I, I've had several awakenings and I'll, it'll be interesting as we continue our conversation for me to really sit with where I am in my process. I mean, half of the work I'm doing is teaching women how to mother themselves through the inner child work in relationship. But then there seems to be a whole other set of who are you? Like, who do you want to be as a woman in yeah. the world? What's important to you? What do you value? What matters to you? And then the women that maybe are in relationship going through this process and their yeah. partner is witnessing the process. And then maybe they wake up in mother and are like, wait, you're not the partner for me actually. Right. Anymore. And rites of passage for men. Um, I'm sure we can see several reflections on what that looks like for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this lovely human that I'm practicing mature relationship, that's actually his focus in life, which is why the passion is so intense because we're both obsessed with, he's obsessed with it for men and I'm obsessed with it with women. So it's really fun to watch him think through all that and Mm -hmm. the best way to resurrect those passages for men in our culture too. So, yeah, we have no rights of, I mean, the rights of passage in America is by going to college, maybe if you can afford it and figure it out, grow up, um, except there's a path. I mean, half of, you know, here we are on the new truth podcast, the, your path is get married, have a baby, settle down. Don't really devote your life to anything other than your partner. And then maybe your kids. (laughs) Yeah, no. No. <laughs> and then wonder why you feel so unfulfilled. 
fulfilled and usually then choose to spend your money on things that are completely meaningless, like altering your appearance or the billion dollar beauty industry of a product. How many ads I'm getting right now? It's like insane. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The ads on Instagram and Facebook, Kate, you, you, you talk about that all the time, like screenshot. I'm like, is this real? Like, why, why is a huge lip? Like the image that comes across my Instagram feed. Oh man. <laughs> Kate, do you want to say anything about your, your frozen in fantasy or maiden experiences on searching for who you are? So when you were searching for who you are in the world? I'm trying to figure, I feel like I kind of did go through this in my Saturn return because that's mm-hmm. when I left my five-year partner and it was like, he was in love with the maiden. Like I was such a girl in that relationship. Yeah. And it, I remember as I was evolving, even shifted my name from Katie to Kate. And as I was evolving and I was growing my career and growing as a coach and a teacher, and I was stepping into a woman, and this is now like nine years ago at 30, I walked away from that relationship that was perfect on paper. And everyone was like, why would you leave that relationship? It was perfect, but the the shoe just didn't fit anymore. It was like, and I don't mean like Cinderella shoe, (laughs) (laughs) but I literally like I, my energetically, we were no longer aligned. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way to describe the reason for ending the relationship. He was, he is a wonderful man and we're still good friends to this day, but I had evolved into the woman and, and then I would come home into the relationship and shrink into the girl. And it just felt so, eventually it just felt so wrong and gross. And um, I feel like the journey of my thirties has been sort of the expansion and contraction of being between the two worlds. And now as I navigate the journey into 40, which is next, the next portal I'm walking through. Like, <laughs> there's always the next portal. <laughs> there's Yeah, totally. It just feels like the, the next portal is like, whoa, there's so much shit coming up in my mind about it. And mm-hmm. so, and yet I keep coming back to this, like, what, wait, I'm going to rewrite this story. I'm going to do this differently. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's my mind is like, oh, you're almost 40 and you, you don't have kids and you don't whatever. And like, I don't even know if I want those things and I love my life as it is right now. And so just like noticing the different parts and um, coming back home and I've created a real sacral sacral sacred experience for my and sacral and sacral <laughs> it will be very sacral 40th I'm going to be in Greece um with some really sacred sisters and and walking through that portal with them but so cool yeah congratulations it's, it's for doing that for yourself too thank you yeah that's big yeah I have a question actually about the word mother because for me I'm like why is it called mother I just I I I get that it's energetic and yet I just, I am, I mean, I'm a mother in other ways, I suppose, to my clients and like in my life, but I, the, I feel a bit of resistance to that word sure. as a mother, not yes, to say I'm never going to be one. I might, I have no yeah, idea yeah, if I'm going to. It, yeah. I mean, my 44 year old manager just had a baby yesterday. So um, amazing. yeah. <laughs> um, three days ago. I don't know why I said yesterday, but she's this big. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, so I get that question a lot, Kate, and I'm really glad you brought it up because it might come up for the women listening as well, of course. And it is 
and it's an archetype the way the lover is an archetype the yeah. queen is an archetype the warrior is an archetype and it is so that you are when you come into your fullness or your full bloom your full moon or your the summer of your life is that just like your creative gifts are your are the children that you offer the world mm-hmm. and you're just so creative at that point and then really when we get to like the deeper work of like remembering the ancient feminine wisdom is actually that your great birth offering from the vessel of your body is that you carry so much queen, great mother, ancient feminine medicine in your body, like so much of that energy from working with it constantly mm-hmm. and pulling up that sovereign mature. And that there's a triumph a triangle in the middle of the mother archetype, which is that really in mother, you just alternate between and who wouldn't, what woman wouldn't, you alternate between warrior, queen, lover, warrior, queen, lover. Mm-hmm. And that's the, like, the that's the, of the mother. mother. That's oh, the mother. I like so it. You don't hear warrior anything lover. about like mom in there. You know, it's that you stand for your, it's that you, um, it's, oh, sorry. Is it you declare <laughs> is that was that man calling it's that you, um, <laughs> <laughs> he must have been like, oh, they're talking about me. It's that you, <laughs> it's you stand for the sacred, you protect the sacred, and you become mother to the to a world that needs the energy of that queen lover warrior, Ooh. mature feminine. Okay. So it's, it's my archetypal mother, mature feminine, you know, queen warrior lover, triumvirate. That's what the mother is. Yeah. I'm so And so many women have that. children. And never come into the mature feminine. Yes. So, so yeah. that's why I'm always like, this course is archetypal. Yes. Yeah. I use a lot yes. of archetypes in my work too. So I, I really relate and get it. And that, that totally changes it for me. I was on a, actually, it reminds me so much of a journey I was on in the South of France. That was very life-changing for me. I think it was almost six years ago. And it was a retreat. We went to and did like a Mary Magdalene retreat in the south of France. It was so special. Um, But there was one woman just this is totally randomly, but not randomly. um, A a woman in every decade. And they kept calling me the maiden because I was in my 30s. And then there was a woman in her 40s, a woman in her 50s, 60s and 70s. And not on purpose. It was just so divinely beautiful. orchestrated and just watching the journey. And even as you talk about it, my, my how I showed up on that retreat and how I felt like I, I often had these moments where I felt like I felt so powerful in my life. And then on this being the youngest on this retreat, I felt like, oh, I have nothing to offer. Like I'm not giving value to this. And like I cried about that to them on the last day. Like I feel like I'm not giving enough or something. And the, they were like, what? You were the light of the whole experience. And I'm just like, oh. And But I was in that girl energy being around all these women who are so much wiser and so much further along in their spiritual journey. And right. Yeah, yeah it was really. Yeah. Cool. And they were saying, you know, you did exactly what you were meant to, which is you brought the light or the youth, you know, the, the, yes. the innocence, the creativity, the, the sweet feminine and the hopeful feminine and the, yes. you know, like the, the girl, the girl, that's, that's really healthy, mature. I mean, that, sorry, that's really healthy um, maiden energy. The problem mm-hmm. is when we're meant to cross into maturity and we're still acting like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't shrink like that anymore. You just said it feels like getting into a shoe. I can't like you, you're, phys- you can't because your soul has expanded and yeah. you can't do that. You can't go back. So, yes. but at the time it was healthy maiden energy that you were offering to them. Yes. Yeah. yeah cool. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome.
Yeah. I'm so happy you asked about that with mother because I wanted to bring that up too. Yeah. Because even with learning how to reparent yourself, like why? Right? Like that's half of the energy. Like why? Because I'm asking my partner to do that for me, or I'm asking my boss to do that for me, or I'm asking other people in my life to validate me and approve of me rather than do the hard work of for yourself and then bloom and become. And I keep thinking on how it for me in maiden service to the world became about followers. <laughs> like it's a, still about, it's not actual service because it's about what's happening for me, right? Mm -hmm. Maiden was actually, it feels like taking from life and, and in re recovery of codependency, I, I, last night, like the light bulb goes off when you realize like I'm taking just as much as the narcissist. Like mm -hmm. I'm just as self-absorbed because everything is about controlling the world to fit my image, what I need, feeling good, rather than the evolution of a woman's soul, which is seeing how your contribution to the world and everyone around you might not even look like needing to ha have some huge, massive purpose. You know, I've been, I've been thinking about how being a woman in her maturity, and maybe you have women in your community that watch you, right? Just walking into the grocery store as the mature feminine is in service to the humanity. <laughs> like every being the mature feminine in your family. And I love that you shared about your retreat, Kate, because I imagine, and this is why we all run retreats, um, but I'm sure absolutely what happens in yours, Sarah, but the gift of being around women who are older, like there, there are people that maybe never have that experience. I, I don't even have friends my own age. <laughs> um, I, I feel very lucky that my, the course of my life, I've been around women who have been older than me, more mature, living their purpose and have helped me walk through those mm -hmm. passages. I mean, I'm in a mystery school with 60, 60 year old men and women, yeah. like even being around, like not only, oh, my click or people who are just quote unquote, just like me, right? I don't know if you want to speak to the experience of that, of what's happening at your retreat and how important that is for a rite of passage. Like who you're around, who you meet, why it matters. Do you know what I'm asking? <laughs> Am I making sense? Sarah? Oh, you're asking me? I thought you were asking Kate. Oh, oh no, asking you, <laughs> asking you, I asking swear you, you said Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Kate's over there thinking about it. Oh, I thought you were frozen. <laughs> I, was, I reflect, I reflected on Kate talking about the retreat and how powerful it was for her to be around older women. Right. Uh -huh. And I'm sharing the gift of my experience in my life, the, the consciousness communities that I've been a part of. I was around people with tremendous life experience, much sure. older than me, who had gone through those rites of passage. Because, yeah. um, of course, it's not only about age. Right. We, like you mentioned, you can have you can be 50s and still stuck in wounded, patronized, patriarchal. Whatever that, whatever that word. Patriarchal feminine. Um, and so just wanting to hear a little more about the power of your retreat and the power of the rite of passage, you know, what's actually happening. Yeah, those are those are wild. Like the last one we did was um in a yurt on Ghost Ranch, which is like a ranch in New Mexico that's really been like a spiritual home to me. 
and it's bigger than New York City, just like red rocks forever and canyons and and like things to, you know, spires to climb. And it's super beautiful. Um, and I think I took 21 women up there last year, right before, you know, the, the last one we could do in fall. And for a week, we went through the maiden work, the underworld uh, work and the mother work. And we just like, you know, we banged drums and we screamed and we exercised like as in like, you know, exorcisms of of a lot of, uh, you know, programming um, and by, you know, the container for it, because like, you know, the best I can do now are these calls of like, stay on, stay with it. But like, you know, you know how it is. And so the container of like holding these women through it with my three assistants and like, just like holding them through it, holding them through it, holding through it. And by the end, they're just like, fuck my maiden day, you know? (laughs) So it's pretty great. And they walk Mm. out with that gift that you're talking about. Yeah, you take it to the supermarket and there's a, you know? Yeah. And it, it, I think of things like why women are underpaid and it's because they're in maiden, like a woman only is paid less than men because they say yes to a job. Like a a man would say, no, um, I will not take $40,000 for a manager position of a big company. I will. And then a woman says yes, because she's in maiden, right? That's probably the part of the shadow side of maiden. Like so many things start to change systematically when we're actually coming from our power. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the, the world, um, the world changes. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the, to sever the mother and by that, I mean the goddess and the earth and um, even women from their children, as far as like, you know, destroying the feminine spirit, destroyed the mothers of children. So, and then to, to, you know, bury the goddess and then sever our relationship to mother earth really created an infantilized culture, a motherless culture. Um, And women especially lost their power the minute that happened and became, when you break down the word maidens, even maids to the culture, you know, Mm -hmm. serve, serve, servile. Yeah do it. And so when a woman comes back into her full power, you know, um, the, the game changes for sure. So can you give us some, obviously the new truth is a, mostly we focus on relationships and dating yeah. and love. Can you paint a picture, some, give us some examples or stories of clients or of yourself of women you've seen, even that are in their forties or fifties who are stuck in maiden in relationships and what that looks like. I'm imagining it looks like what Catherine and I talk about on almost every episode. Um, and then what it would look like to be um, the mother in relationship or dating. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a funny question because I've been thinking about it a lot and um, definitely that there's like um, a desperation to be rescued. There's a fantasy like refusing to acknowledge bodily like red flag, you know, mm-hmm. refusing, refusing intuition, which is our inner mother yes. um, and rushing because the maiden is always in a rush and the mother is very slow reaching mm-hmm. out to him for things that we can access within you know, the love and the validation and the comfort. Um, and yeah, of course, looking to him to parent instead of partner, um, not, at, not having access to our needs, therefore not being able to speak them, therefore uh, resentment, tantrums, drama, tons of drama, mm. uh, tons of reactive drama, 
I couldn't help myself. I couldn't control myself. Um, inciting jealousy to make him jealous. Um, deep insecurity on her part. So competition with other women around him, that sort of thing. And so then the opposite to that is all much better than what we just went through, which is like <laughs> deep sovereignty and confidence. Um, instead of sort of like the maiden's like transactional love, like I'll, I'll love you if you do this for me, whatever. When it comes from the mother, it's unconditional. Uh, so a woman and mother in a mature relationship has unconditional open-hearted love. She's not, you know, the games of the maiden that children play games. Um, the mother is always very, can access her needs, her wants, her desires and speak them. Um, so like a deep intimacy, which can only happen if a woman has already seen into herself. <laughs> but if she has not, there's no way to have intimacy. Um, a trust in him because she trusts herself. Um, and a responsiveness, a consciousness to conflict. Um, as having self-rescued, she is now someone he can lean on and vice versa, keeping that space between them, you know, not needing that the abandonment and attachment, that the attachment is secure instead of insecure. So, you know, the winds of heaven move between them, I think Rumi says. Um, so yeah, I've been playing with that a lot. So it's, it's fun for me to think about. <laughs> Well, everyone's yeah. going to have to listen to that again <laughs> because there, there it is. And there's what we essentially say the old, the old paradigm of love versus the new paradigm of love. And the worst of it is the wounded maiden and love is still celebrated, right? Oh, you moved in so fast. You got married within five minutes. Like, oh, he's... <laughs> He's a billionaire taking care of you. I mean, that that's oh. still um, that that's still it. And I think in in all healing work, like the best of healing work is supporting a woman in becoming herself. <laughs> like that that's the whole point. And yeah, that's why I never, you know, I don't. I'm not looking. It's not like I'm on a hunt for clients these days. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I'm all set because that's what everybody needs, you know? Mm. And it's a delicious, addictive, um, it's the best transformation. Like as far as like a makeover, there's nothing like when a woman goes from bud to bloom, you know, it's like, whoa, there she is. <laughs> yes, and I yeah. can't help but um, think about like even the name, it's so fascinating what we named this episode from from frozen in fantasy to to, thriving in real life and frozen in fantasy. I just think of like all the women. And I know I talk about this a lot in episodes and I say this with so much love, it's not your fault, but all the women who are literally freezing their faces to stay frozen in time. So they don't age rather than embracing and um, honoring. And this is the dance I'm doing with my 40th birthday coming up. It's like, how can I, how can I fall deeper in love with where I'm at right now and this next portal I'm going to walk through and, and every facet of me becoming, I mean, the journey to the crone, really like mm -hmm. me, me becoming and me stepping into every new portal that I meant to step into. And there's this, I mean, because of zoom and social media, it seems there's this, um, 
plastic surgery craze right now where women are literally freezing themselves in time and not able to express themselves anymore, not able to communicate how they feel, the subtle nuances of our face, which is so much of what we communicate. And it just keeps us really frozen like princesses. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for my prince. I'm frozen. I'm here. I'll just stay young forever. Mm -hmm. And when we are attached to staying young forever, we're missing the magic. Like when you talk about the mother, it's like, Ooh, of course the maiden's a sacred time, but the mother is even more exciting. And yet all so many women, it breaks my heart are just cutting themselves off from that journey because of patriarchy, because of marketing, because of, Mm -hmm. because we're so indoctrinated with this obsession over our physical appearance and over approval and over society deeming what is beautiful and what is not beautiful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm curious what you have to say about that, Sarah. Oh yeah. I mean, I totally agree with everything you just say. And, um, and I, I, I'm excited about your passion for that. Um, I, I, I like to reframe aging and call it saging, becoming wise. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> and you, when you see as that is like, you know, our ancestors would say our wisdom was our greatest currency, you know, so it's really about becoming rich. And in fact, most women do when they're in, when they're fully bloomed, um, they have such an inner wealth that it naturally appears on the outside too, because their dharma that they've chosen over the drama of the maiden cares for them. You know, the more they put it out, the more they receive. Um, so it's like such a deliciously rich time. And, you know, when you're obsessed with trying to keep, um, with trying to stop time on the outside, you're going to stop it on the inside. You're not going to evolve. You're not going to ripen. Um, and your soul won't evolve. You know, it, you will be spending all your creative feminine life force and energy on the outside and the inside, the soul will atrophy. Oh. And so your, your strength and your power will too. And that's all on patriarchal purpose, you know, uh, redirect them from what, from their power, you know, redirect them from what matters, put their worth on something that's um, ephemeral and that they'll never really truly be able to access and therefore be in scarcity, which is Mm -hmm. every woman against each other divided. We fell that Mm -hmm. way and when outer beauty weighed more than inner beauty. What? Yes. I was just going to say scarcity is what causes people to buy things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we were pro aging, you know, if we were excited about it, if it was an honor, if it was a privilege, if it was, um, you know, a walk into like the depth and the mastery of true, you know, femininity and womanhood, you know, I think the world would also be a different place. I have goosebumps everywhere. Even the language you're using, it's a privilege and an honor. I mean, think of all the people. I mean, I can think of all friends I know who didn't make it to 40, I have like 10 of my friends have passed away in the last 20 years and they didn't make it to 40. Like it's such an honor. It's such a privilege, especially when you're living a deeply aligned life with your soul and feel and, and committed to that. Like maybe it doesn't feel like a privilege if all you care about is what you look like and what, you know, what big, how big your ring is. And if you have a relationship or don't have a relationship, like if you're still hooked into the external world, maybe it doesn't feel like a privilege, but when you're deeply rooted in your own path and your own soul and sovereignty in communion with, you know, the, the people in your life, it's, it is such a privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. For Thanks. Thank you for, re- yeah, for, for mirroring it back that way. Beautiful. 
I keep, I'm having this experience of having an intuitive thought of something I want to ask you, Sarah, and then Kate asks it and it's feeling so magical for me. Like I'm having just the most delicious and beautiful experience (laughs) right now with, we're talking about exactly what I yearned to hear you say Mm -hmm. and what I really wanted every woman to hear from you. And even the gift of, I mean, gosh, Kate, the gift of having you in my life, I'm 33, you know, I still feel I'm, I'm young. I I can feel it. I can feel it in the way I do my money right now. I met my husband at 27. Absolutely. And maiden, absolutely. And in, in very young energy. And I not only believe in the power of a woman taking this journey on her own, but I believe in the power of partnership. I I believe in the power and magic of what romantic partnership gives us when we're experiencing it in maturity and the contribution to the planet that empowered partnership brings. And now you're getting to experience it and having a, I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast or, or not, I've shared my story about my husband being really sick and what that taught me about love and the fall of the fairy tale from inside my marriage, the beginning of my marriage that I thought I was going to have, which went instead of traveling the world or having a baby went to in and out of doctors and watching my husband have a spiritual awakening and deciding who he wants to be as a man. And he'll say that the greatest gift was getting sick because he had to question every single thing he was doing in his life and now emerge as who he wants to be. And the conversations we're having now, which is what is our relationship in service to? What are we devoted to? Because a lot of times it can seem, and, and, and this is the case. I mean, we're come, we're, 2021, the divorce rate in 2020 was very, very high. Um, We had a whole reorientation of relationship and most, I'm hearing a lot of women questioning their relationships like that. That's what's happening, but we're missing, we're really missing it if the answer is always to leave. Sometimes the answer is to leave and sometimes it is to, to stay and navigate who you're each becoming together from this point and learning the magic and practice of actually bringing the mature feminine to your partner and learning how to trust him. Cause a lot mm-hmm. of the couples I work with, she'll say she has a need or a desire. And I'll say, well, have you ever shared that with him? Well, no, because he would say no. And I'm looking at him like, is that even true? And mm-hmm. he's in tears like, no, of course mm-hmm. it's a yes. Of course I want her to be happy. Of course I want her to be fulfilled, but we don't mm-hmm. even ever give our partners a chance, right? Mm-hmm. Or our friends a chance. And so I'm, I'm so curious of even just what it's like for you now in your partnership and okay, before that, maybe coming back to, I'm, I we needed to hear the conversation of how your relationship to beauty changes from maiden to mother. Oh yeah. Well, beauty, um, it becomes internal. Um, it becomes it becomes love and it becomes being the the woman of your dreams, which is the inner mother. So that's, you become the mother to yourself that you didn't have. And in doing so, you become uh, the woman you, you needed when you were little and who you need yourself to be now and who the world needs you to be now. So um, you bring a lot of beauty and like what's missing from the, fem- the modern feminine is the maturity. So you bring a lot of courage and honor and integrity and compassion 
and creativity and deep, like reverent, devoted, soft and receptive feminine, sensual feminine. And you bring pleasure and play and joy and you bring that all up from your body, from the depths of you and you radiate that out. And I don't think there's anything more beautiful than that. So you get to redefine it when you get exiled from the culture because you might no longer be tight and 20. But then on the outside of the culture, you can kind of see it for what it is. You can't see it on the inside. And then you can decide that they were wrong and you can decide what beauty is to you and you can be that. And you only need to be seen by that one person that sees your soul. So it's like, and he'll make you even, or he or she will make you even more beautiful with love. So you really have nothing to worry about. You just have to find yourself (laughs) and decide how you want to live and what love and beauty and truth is to you and what your legacy is. And you'll bang into each other on the path. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. As you describe all of those, I took notes. That was so good. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> going to listen back many times. As you describe all those beautiful qualities, I'm, I'm thinking like I, I have this, um, this program, it's called the immersion and it has a live component in Greece. It's a coaching program with a week in Greece. And in that week, they, they bathe in the magic of their own soul, fall in love with who they are. And there's this powerful journey of like going from being so repressed to being wildly expressed. Well, I've never said that before. <laughs> Rhymes. And at the end of the experience, every single woman looks significantly different. Like when she's reclaimed her, the magic of who she is, every woman, no matter what age. And I work with women, the youngest at the immersion has been 27 all the way to like 70. And, um, it doesn't matter what age, size, background, know how much trauma she had. It doesn't matter the story, nothing. Every woman is so unbelievably beautiful at the end of that experience. And we do a beauty photo shoot and mm-hmm. capture, capture the, these women in their essence. And just like, it is unbelievable. So much so that I had a, a, a woman that wanted to sign up and she's like, well, I'm a little intimidated because all your clients are so beautiful. I've seen the photos of the immersion before. And I'm like, that's at the end. Every single woman <laughs> who goes to the experience is unbelievably beautiful. And it's everything mm-hmm. you just said. It's mm-hmm. because they've reclaimed who they are. Mm-hmm. What could be more beautiful than soul? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. No Botox. We'll give you that. No. <laughs> no. What did Anne Lamott say? Joy is the best makeup. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Okay. Now your relationship. Tell oh. us about the mo- mother, the mother relationship. What is that like? It's so fun. <laughs> and were you in the mother when you met him or has it been a journey of transitioning into it together? I was in, I was in mother when I met him, when I attracted him. Um, and it's, it's very new. So it's, it's still like pretty crazy to talk about, but it's, it's so deep and soul-based and he does all his, you know, mature, healthy, masculine work and all his David data, all, you know, um, and he works really hard to honor the feminine and be supportive and present. And he's a King. It's like, I, I had totally given up. <laughs> so yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And we keep each other in queen. I, he keeps me in queen mother. I keep him in king. Um, neither of us want to fall back. We call it like falling off. You know, it's like a bit of a wobble or falling off the wagon or 
just see, I'll be like, just see, you know, my wounded maiden is really present right now. And he'll be like, just, you know, like, you know, my wounded little boy is really present. And then I can kind of mother the little boy and he can kind of father the little girl. And it's just like so beautiful because um, we're both deeply unmothered, which is the crux of my work. And so he was deeply unparented. So he's really worked on this beautiful inner father, this like present, mm. kind, calm, protective, mm. sensitive inner self. And I've worked hard on what we've been talking about. So they, they come together in this beautiful, har harmonious vibration. It's really nice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a few weeks ago that you sent me a message, Sarah. Yes, right. It was literally like a couple days. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Can we talk about how Sarah sent me a message saying I'm ready for my man? And then now I, here I, we are. <laughs> it was so weird. It was like I could hear him and feel him coming. And I was like, where the fuck is yeah. he? And then I was like, you have to find me because I'm so busy. Like, I can't <laughs> find you. And then I got a mess an email. Yeah. He emailed you? Yeah. Where did he he messaged me on Instagram because oh, he, he, slid, he slid into your DMs. They call he it. He slid into my DMs. Nobody's ever slid into. Actually, that's not true. I got a few weird proposals. Oh, you get the weird ones. Yeah. <laughs> I, and we had it was a very like business. He was like, you know, like I've looked high, like I'm like really into your work because I'm you know starting this work with men and blah blah. blah. And um, it just when I was like, I don't know, I just knew. You know, mm -hmm. like he's my age, he has my coloring, like we're do the exact, like we care about the exact same things. And we didn't, we never stopped talking at that. Like we hopped on the phone, we started sending voice messages back and forth all day long. And I was like, okay, last one, but there was never a last one. And then mm -hmm. we had a phone date for the morning. And at first we pretended to be like really professional, but then I think we were up till two o'clock in the morning talking. Mm -hmm. So it's been great. It's romantic. It's wooing. It's courtship. It's ancient. It's uh, ceremonious. I have, I'll let you, I could show you. I have the biggest flower. He sent me flowers like this big, like it's mm. bigger than my daughter. And they're in the other room because I had a bad day last week. Mm. So <laughs> the, the, the best, I mean, not so many of the love stories we've heard have been what happens when you heal essentially the attachment. Yeah. And then the magic, I, my experience, even though I was in Maiden, I did have an experience of I knew Andrew was coming. Like I yes. knew that the year that I met him in 2014, I was going to meet my man that year. And when you're connected to your soul, I mean, it's all those moments of even yeah. this whole interview of I'm sitting with this question that I want to ask you. And then Kate <laughs> yeah. does <laughs> like this, this magic of when you're connected to yourself and the trust of life that yes. happens because yeah. you're in maiden, you're controlling everything. And I, I think you can't trust love. There's no love no. if you're controlling, if you're attaching. And I yeah. really, really appreciate you sharing about the experience of offering parenting to each other mm. because I'm doing inner child work. The work isn't that you heal your inner child and now you're all set. The work right. is, you know, when she's there. You know, when yeah. she's up and you have the answer for her yeah. and you're in the safety of a mature partner that then can offer it to you. I mean, one of the first experiences when I brought Andrew to my home, um, when we, you know, maybe three or four months in, he met my parents, went to my childhood home. We stay at hotels. I do not ever sleep in my childhood home. And 
he, this, he literally says, I just want you to know that I felt little Catherine in that home and mm -hmm. I felt her pain and I'm sorry. And I, that I was on the floor. I mean, no one had ever talked to me like that. No one had ever acknowledged that it wasn't okay. And now I'm going to rescue you and make it so you never feel pain ever again. Just mm -hmm. an empathetic recognition. Mm -hmm. And yes. to hear you say that, because it is, there's a big difference between asking someone to do the work for you versus mm -hmm. experiencing the healing of what happens when you have a healthy parent, because that is the yeah. best of love. So thank yeah, you so much for that. Yeah, that's a touching that. story. And I had a moment like that recently where I woke up to a voicemail from him um, about the pain I must have endured losing my mother at 17. And that those were his waking thoughts that his, that his heart was breaking for that little girl in me. I was like, I'm a goner. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been spoken to that way. So yeah, like, have we ever even known love before a sacred, mature relationship? I, we've known war games, you know, I, I mean, for me, it was, I don't want to cuss on your show. So for me, it, it was always, and wounded maiden, um, flirting, uh, fantasy <laughs> but yeah so I was say you flirting, you're allowed to say fairy tales, fucking fighting it was that flirting fairy tales fantasy fucking fighting it was the five f's yeah there it is and, and, and also it's like when you're in mother because I mean there's a part of me that's hearing this story and it's like oh like it's so early on and I don't want to feed because there's a lot of fantasy addicts listening to the podcast so I want to like really speak to this is like, ultimately, I'm imagining you're in like, in the yeah, this is a hell yeah, and in non attachment, because ultimately life, you know, it's going to go how it's going to go. But like, sure. when you're in mother, you're rooted in the, the feeling in your body when something's aligned. And all we ever need to know is, is this aligned with me? Or is it not aligned? And what the maiden does or the shadow maiden is on dates is like projecting a story, a fantasy story onto who they think the person is rather than feeling the sensation in our body. And I believe our bodies always know. Yes. You know, a lot of us are so disassociated from our bodies, from trauma, from the many ways we are taught to be disassociated from our bodies that we don't hear the guidance, but like all the women that, you know, rushed into a fantasy wedding and got married and had kids and all of a sudden woke up one day married to a narcissist is because they didn't listen to that screaming that was happening on the inside or this or the whisper or however it showed up and they were listening to the storyline in their minds whereas i so i just want to paint that this what you're sharing is a different experience of you being in the embodiment of it and you being so deeply rooted in your soul that you can feel the soul alignment not the fantasy yeah. And we're putting soul far before sex, you know, so it's like, yes, there's a deepening intimacy and a foundation setting every day with, you know, our, with our souls and our conversations, but we've actually decided not to do that part because we we're both 40, I'll be 42 next week. He's 42. We've done this a million times. We know how this goes if we do yeah. it the old way. Yes. So we are very much going a new way. And yeah, wow, beautiful. Um, um, so mm -hmm. that's even new for me and the being able to mother my wounded maiden when she's reacted, like it's been three hours. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that part's still going to be there. Your mind is yes. still going to, 
we're gonna spin yes. those stories. But she's <laughs> not in charge. Have I been she's ghosting? so not in charge, man. Yeah. And your inner like, child doesn't stop. Right. We don't it you know, my my inner little girl is not gonna have a different childhood. She's no going to have the different the childhood she had and so I even think of reparenting it's not that all of a sudden my inner child is now perfectly healed she's going to be my wounded inner child and it's my job to access the mother when Mm -hmm. she's up and I I appreciate that you brought that up Kate because it's important for everyone to get that fantasy and love sounds like I've met the one Fantasy mm-hmm. and love sounds like I can't wait until we get married tomorrow. And now I'm going and booking the wedding venue before anything's ever happened. But the depth of love, like I think that because because here I am preaching moving slowly and I moved in with Andrew after a month. <laughs> so like there's a difference between I'm in a fantasy of I'm projecting the future versus I'm going down and in and present and I trusted myself because that I wasn't going to rob myself of the ecstasy I was experiencing and the intimacy I was experiencing that my truth was if he broke up with me one month after I moved in I would be okay sure and so I love and what everyone didn't hear is your delicious prayer when we started recording which was over and over again drink in pleasure drink in yummy juice because there is no pleasure in fantasy addicts, there was no pleasure in my ex. I mean, we broke up no. and got back together 17 times. There, there was right. no pleasure. It was a constant no. chasing of pleasure rather yeah. than we get to have the magic of love. We are here to love and mother is love. You are yeah. the unconditional love. That's everything you've said. We are the source of it yeah, t- today. We need not seek it. We are the source of it. And even what Kate, to what Kate was talking about, like the maiden story, you know, um, what we come into is mother presence. What's mm. really happening? What's really going on? What do I feel? And a maiden is oriented by what, how does this look? A mother yeah. is oriented by how does this feel? Yes. And oh my gosh. We say that all the time. Only thing that matters is what your life feels like, not looks like. And yeah. that's so cool. That's made into mother. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I love just their, their, he arrived, not seeking, not running around town, going on 500 million dates and hoping and wishing that this happened. No. This would happen. And I'm really learning. glad I, I yeah. yeah, I didn't see him coming and I'm really grateful for that because if I had, I probably would have passed out because he's so cute. <laughs> but and I probably would have acted like a 14 year old. <laughs> that it started with, it, it, he, he, he came to me in, to my, in my strengths, which is the work I do and the work that keeps me responsive and mature. So if I'm going to be talking about that work, I'm going to be embodying it. And, um, and I really just didn't know what was happening until it had happened. Does that make sense? Yes. So there was no way for my brain to get in the way. No or story. Anything. Yeah, there was no story. It just happened. It was, re- it just really fucking happened. <laughs> so fun. So and I was too busy to notice, which is also mother, you know, yeah. like archetypal mother. We're so fucking busy because we're so passionate and we're so creative and, you know, we're just birthing. And so it was sort of like, do you have time to talk to me? And I was like, who's this? Sure. And then and it was over. <laughs> so I was like, almost said no, which is we laugh about now, you know, <laughs> busy living her life. 
Yeah. Right. Busy with the fullness of her life, not busy controlling, busy trying to make everything happen or busy as in I'm keeping myself busy so as not to feel my mm-hmm. ache, my pain, right. my loneliness, how I'm not living my soul. Well, there purpose. was a little bit of that on my end. Right. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I missed him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know it, but it, it was, that's who I was missing was this person. Mm. So I was always trying to eat it. Cause you know, I'm relatively sober, Catherine, but food is like, oh my God, I will like numb myself to the ends of the earth. And yeah. And, and it was just getting, yeah, I, I didn't recognize, mm. I really felt like I'm missing someone specific. I really did feel that way. So mm. yeah. Okay, and we then have to the adri- end of the line of missing, like I'm done. I can't long for this person yeah. anymore. I remember the day that he wrote, I rem- I took a selfie. Like I never want to feel this bad again. I remember like save this. Cause I just mm. looked, I looked done. I was like, I can't, I was like, it was like, I was done looking even though I wasn't out there looking my soul was you know and then I was just I was heartbroken I felt forsaken and then I that moment like I came home and there was a message yeah Yeah. I feel like we have to address and I want to be mindful of the time are you okay can we what time is it five more minutes it's 320 okay yeah five minutes because what I so appreciate and this has actually really been healing for me the relationship to perfection. Like Mm -hmm. I could cry right now Mm -hmm. hearing your vulnerability and even just the comment about food. Mm. There's us in the wound. There's the seeking for perfection, perfect Mm -hmm. healing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) perfect love. I have no struggle versus Mm -hmm. in mother in maturity the way you relate to life like this has been my experience you kidding how many mistakes i've made with andrew you kidding the fights we have had sometimes and the thing the shit that i have said and the depth of compassion and forgiveness that i have had to embody for myself and how i carry myself in my relationship that i will not drop into shame when i make a mistake and i will not drop into shame when we don't look all conscious (laughs) you know to post and so i'm i'm curious if you want to offer anything around the shifting relationship to perfection or what happens in the way we relate to ourselves and mother Because it really is the unconditional love that I offer myself, no matter what mistake I make, no matter if I, you know, binge on Netflix, you know, for hours or, you know, don't send the email when I said that I was going to, um, this, this feels really, really important. So what the mother path has led me to is the beauty way, which had led me to the tantric path. And so once you get in flow state, like, it really flow state is, to, is, um, it is basically to like be in the towel of love, right. To be in ease, uh, to be in the, the space of let go, um, and allowing and surrender. So that, are you crying? Yes. About what? <laughs> I'm crying about what happens when you stop trying to be perfect. Yeah. When you just love exactly who you are and that that's how I feel today and that's how I feel about you and it's how I feel about Kate like business partners who are crying on Voxer to each other like we have the moments of I don't know am I am I enough is my work enough is my work meaningful and then yes yes it is and we remind each other but the the way I relate to myself today is so different and it's like what I'm listening to you 
like how you're sharing about yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. like, that's why I wanted to highlight this, that it isn't that there's perfect healing. Like I'm so done with that. There's no done with that message. That song I sent you, that mantra. I haven't listened to that that song. That that this woman, we're having her on the podcast is called um, healing is not my purpose. And it's basically about how people just like we're obsessive with work in patriarchal culture, we become obsessive with healing. And yeah. it, it's really powerful. It's like spoken yeah. word with music. Oh, Tony, let me look it up. I'll have to share it with you. But what were you going to say, Sarah, about oh. the rela- flow state? Oh, yeah. Allowing well, surrender. So the tantric path is the is the devotion to the mother, which obviously it ties in directly to the, the mother work, which is re- resurrect reclaiming and resurrecting the, the, the mother within um, as to bring her without. And so the tantric path is about devotion to the great mother um, as and the great mother is Shakti and Shakti is bliss, bliss and pleasure. So actually we are with falling out of our devotion when we let go of pleasure and ecstasy and bliss. And so also when we resurrect the inner mother, the voice of that inner mother is something I call the, um, the archetypal cherishing mother. So when the archetypal cherishing mother is within the head, you actually like, if she's in in control, uh, she catches those moments of shame and says, let go, release, stop trying. It can wait. You're more important. You're, you know, um, no stress is worth this reject it and refuse it, come back to pleasure, come back to joy, because that's actually our job and our work as devotees to Shakti and bliss is to be that energy. So if we're stressed, if we're overworked, we're in the, we're in the unhealthy masculine. So we have, it's actually our job to bring the great mother back to earth, to come back to pleasure, come back to softness, come back to surrender. So that stuff doesn't really work when the cherishing mother is at the helm. Thank you. Thank you for an epic episode (laughs) that everyone's going to save and listen to over and over and over and over again. And we'll make it very clear for how everyone can find you and just honor. I honor you celebrating you. Can't wait to read your book. Thank you. Can't wait to finish it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for being with us. It was, it was a pleasure to meet you, Kate, and to see you, Catherine. And please check in with me about how you are. Um, Thank you. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.